It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Team of Our Lives, the only and best naughty-based football podcast that has always been socially distanced and follows the rules. I can confirm we were at no Downing Street party in the last two years. However, I was there four years ago, but that was way before any mass virus took place. What was I doing there? Who knows? You'll never find out. Maybe I worked there. Maybe I was secret undercover police. Maybe I was just delivering a letter to the Prime Minister at the time. Or maybe I'm just lying. Yeah, it's definitely that one. Anyway, hope we're all well. Um, it is I, Oliver Jenks, and Mr Harry Hansford at the helm of this nostalgic-based football podcast. Harry, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad. How are you? Not too bad either. Um, great guest this episode. We're talking about Chelsea in the noughties, uh, specifically how they went from nought to oligarch in Didier Dropper. Um, that didn't really work, so I can't know anything, did it? But there we are. You get the idea. 
Um, how, how basically the transition between Ken Bates, uh, the chairman and the former owner, to uh, Roman Abramovich and uh, Mourinho taking them all the way to their first Premier League title and first league title in 55 years. Um, to guide us through, we had Guardian football writer and football author, Mr. Gary Facker, who uh, is just an amazing, amazing man, very knowledgeable, has written some great football books as well. Um, but you can listen to the pod and find out where to get and read all about those. Um, a rainbow of knowledge, wasn't he, Harry? Yeah, for sure. You list names like nobody's business. And uh, as I said, like, wrote some very, very good books. It's definitely something maybe you should be looking into for your Christmas presents. Absolutely, indeed. Um, yeah, just an absolutely great guest. He spoke, spoke so eloquently about, um, you know, the favourite drug dealer, um, <laughs> footballers that we love in Adrian Mewtwo and uh, Mark Bosnich as well as a host of other more obedient and uh, civil footballers as well um, but a great episode as well it was, it was great to learn about how the academy of Chelsea kind of developed in that time it's a, which is still feeding talents in the Premier League today and, uh, and worldwide um, so it is a great episode um, but before we get into that we have a few things to attend to one of which is Wiki Races uh, this is the game in which we start with an obscure noughties footballer and we end with another obscure noughties footballer, which has been predetermined by myself and Harry. Uh, we start on their Wikipedia page. We have to get to the other footballer's Wikipedia page in as few clicks or as few links as possible. Um, so this week we started with Pavel Pogredniak, the uh, Russian striker, uh, formerly of Fulham, Reading. You play for Zenit St. Petersburg? Yeah. I host, I host the teams. And uh, we're ending on a very niche player indeed in uh, Fabrizio uh, Micheli, uh, the uh, Italian, Portuguese, Brazilian striker who uh, played for a lot of clubs in Italy and was a bit of a cult legend because he's very controversial, um, but did score quite a few goals as well. Uh, Harry, do you think you've done any better this week? Um, I don't think it's too bad. It was just, it was a lot of hesitant before clicking links. And then, yeah. Let's we'll see. How Fair about enough. you? I think I've done pretty well. I've done a lot better than I thought I was going to do. Okay, way. good. Um, so let's, uh, so yeah, starting, you can go first then, Harry. Starting with okay. Bob, Bob Gavniak, how did you get to Fabrizio Michele? Yeah. So I scoured his page for any sort of Italian link. And annoyingly, there's a moment where they talk about how he was let go from uh, one of the Russian clubs not long after signing him because he went to watch a Juventus game rather than play for them. But they, there's, there's no hyperlink. So I couldn't click Juventus. Damn. So then I was like, all right, what am I going to do? Couldn't find any other... You know, he didn't play against Italy, never played in Italy. I was like, great. Um, so I scrolled down for his honours and saw UEFA, uh, like Europa League or, or whatever it was. Um, clicked that. Looked down for like, went down. I thought, okay, we'll go to the same well here. We'll go for honours. And it's like, oh, oh, it gives you a list of all the teams that have won it or whatever. Um, not honours, sorry. It's like, whatever. Anyway, it gives you a list of all the teams that won it. Juventus are like one of my successful teams. Click Juventus. And I'm like, okay, no, he doesn't turn up, does he? <laughs> Mikai. So then I'm like, all right, where am I going from here? And. <sighs> Obviously, is that the sort of, he was there at the sort of time where, you know, all the dodginess was going on and they were relegated. Yeah. 
Um, but he's not being mentioned, so I don't know where to go. So I'll, eventually, then I'll go to the honours again. And stupidly, I clicked league title in 2003 because I know he's yeah, around that sort of time period. But it just took me to the page for Syria in 2003. So no mention of him there at all. And I was like, all right, I'll go around in circles. I either click events again or go back. So, you know, I click back. What counts as a click, don't it? So that's up to yeah. four. Um, and then I go, all right, I'm going to take a punt on the other thing we won in 2003, what was like the Super Coppa Italia. Click that. And who was playing on in that game? None other than Micoli. So I got it in five. Not bad. Or was it? I suppose five. Was Micoli. Five. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not bad. I think that's five. Not bad at all. Now you scared me However. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> How? Now you did scare me for a second because I went on a very similar route with your first click, and I thought you were going to do what I'd done, and I was slightly scared um, because I don't want to toot my own horn, but I outperform myself. Okay. Greatly, and I don't. I, it's embarrassing how how well I've done, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so even I didn't, I didn't even expect it. So obviously, started on Pavel Pavel uh, Pogrebniak, who I think he played for a host of teams like Zenit Petersburg and CSK and stuff. Now I went down to his honest list, and there was a link to the UEFA Cup, but specifically the 0708 UEFA ah. Cup. So I clicked on that. Uh, yeah, so it took through to, to that tournament page. I scrolled down the 0708 UEFA Cup and it had a list of teams in the tournament, one of which was Palermo. Ah, uh, okay. Clicked on Palermo, who I know Mickley played for, for probably his longest period. I scroll callously, not even halfway down the page on Palermo's page is a picture of Fabrizio Micheli uh, saying, here's our former club captain and a bit of a cult hero, Fabrizio Micheli. So I've literally done it in one, two, in, in three. Nice. Fair. I, I mean, I was, yeah, when I was scouting for like, any mentions of Italian teams, like Palermo is who I was looking for and I, I obviously just couldn't see Palermo. I should have clicked 2007-2008 rather than the UEFA Cup, I guess. But, um, yeah, so Juventus was like my, my in because I knew he was there uh, drawing that relegation and suspension sort of time. Um, but yeah, just struggled to find his name. He obviously not as big of a hero for Juventus as he was. For oh no, he was terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was that case of trying to, couldn't find Palmeiro when I wanted I and mean, just hoping there was going to be some sort of mention of, you know, he was one of the players that had to leave after the scandal, but no, his name wasn't brought up in that section. It could have been close. But uh, yeah, two niche players you don't often hear about. So uh, yeah, good to bring those names back into the frame. Um, yeah, we've got some Naughties O'Clock News as well. Dun, 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 dun. Naughties O'Clock News. <laughs> um, so this happened literally the other night. Oh, um, so Man United were playing and our very own Hall of Famer, Mr. Robbie Savage, was on commentary and his son came on to play for Manchester United, therefore eclipsing anything else Robbie Savage has done in his career, according to Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> Amazing. So, uh, yeah, 
But uh, yeah, so Savage lives on, which is great. I, I, I will be keeping an eye out for him, uh, young Charlie Savage. Um, so there's our tenuous naughties link. Um, another one, which is a bit weird, and I only just found out this week. Do you know who the owner is of uh, La Liga Real Valladolid? I can't say. I have a clue. It's a naughties legend. Have a guess. Uh, so I'm presuming they're Spanish. Uh, no, but they play in Spain. Is it going to be someone absolutely... Uh, oh, come on, just put me out of my misery. It could be so many players. <laughs> it's Ronaldo. Oh, the original OG Ronaldo. The, the original OG <laughs> R9, a.k.a. AKA Fat Ronaldo, which I don't like people calling it, but I'll be honest with I mean, you, know, I, I have to stop myself from saying it. Start, yeah. Yeah. I mean, compared to the CR7 or Cristiano, he, he is fat. So yeah, like, yeah. I mean, most people are, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, in 2018, no, he took over uh, an 82% uh, holding share for about £32 million, which seems yeah. cheap. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much money he's he's pumping in personally, or he's more face or what. I don't know, but why not? Eh? Well, apparently, well, he had a lot of sports endorsements. So I was what I watched yeah. that um, Serenio and Venus Williams film the other day, mm. and at the age of fifteen, Venus Williams got a Reebok sponsorship deal of like twelve billion dollars. So it's not impossible that uh, Ronaldo had a boot mm. deal that was. Yeah, know, I mean, he's always maybe double the, that. He's always in the Pepsi adverts and stuff at the time, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the yeah, big paydays. Yeah, I mean, like, it's always great when you see, like, a big name going, because, you know, they're not the biggest team in Spain or whatever, but, like, it's always good when you see a big name involved in small clubs, a bit like uh, our friend Robbie Savage at the moment as well. Mathisfield. Um, yeah, Mathisfield Town, re- reborn. But, yeah, it's good to see people uh, give back to the sport that gave them so much, I suppose. Yeah, the only... Remember Carlos Valderrama? Mm. Who, 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 for hair bear bunch how could you forget um, but Real Val- Valladolid is the only European club he played for okay and the same for Rene Higuita as well so they used to sign dodgy yeah. Colombian players um, that's why yeah. Ronaldo is involved yeah probably South America get some dodgy Colombian yeah <laughs> oh god there we go they're going to sign Radamel Falcao well, is he there actually he's somewhere like that isn't he yeah He's somewhere like that. Um, anyway, it, the last thing before we get on to uh, Chelsea and the noughties and uh, the, uh, the takeover by Bramwich in the noughties clock news is I went to go and watch um, Manchester United against Arsenal, uh, which was a fantastic game, by the way. 3 2, it had everything. It has um, a weird goal where Fred stood on De Gea, um, leading to uh, Emil Smith Rowe to volley one in. Um, Ronaldo scored twice, which again is a bit of a naughty's throwback. Um, yeah, the game, the game had everything. But did I tell you what happened before the game? Oh, I did. I see this on. Uh, yeah, is it, I think I saw you put it up on social media. Is it to do with a certain naughty's Arsenal legend? Naughty's icon, some would argue. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I was on the Mr. phone Vavavum to Mister Vavavum himself. I was on the phone to uh, um, Aaron, uh, formerly of this parish, from the Talking Kit, just trying to see if he was about. And uh, had my cappuccino in hand as it was quite cold and not quite middle class. Um, so yeah, it was 
minding my own business, drinking the cappuccino, saying, oh, I'll meet you over by the players. I just watched the players get off the bus. Mm. Turned around to be pushed out of the way by a Thierry Henry security guard and Thierry Henry. Fair enough. Fun to then, do uh, chocolate cappuccino. No, no, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> do that too. And he was followed in by uh, Alan Shearer, Michael Owen and uh, Patrice Everett. Interesting. All of whom are the same height. Thierry Henry was quite a, uh, you know, tall, mm. towered above them somewhat. But Alan Shearer was uh, surprisingly short. Hmm, I wouldn't picture him being as small as Owen or Everett. Well, well yeah. Unless they're wearing heels or something. I do, yeah, they seem pretty... Uh... Maybe shrinking. Oh, they... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> Newcastle fans have hung out to draw oh, That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but very interesting. I saw David Beckham as well. I saw him walk in. Oh yeah, I saw a video you put out as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was mad. Um, it was just like the the guy who was like in charge of the security was like, keep your cameras out, folks. I'm like, what? <laughs> fucking David Beckham going nowhere. It was mad. And uh, yeah, what a good looking man that guy is. All um, these celebrities going to watch posh games like United versus Arsenal. Where are they on a cold Tuesday night? Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point indeed. Um, anyway, that's the end of Naughty's Top News. And, uh, it, um, so, yeah, what we could do now is really hand it over to us in the past um, as we speak to Gary Facker about Chelsea and the Naughties and the takeover of Roman Abramovich. I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. Good afternoon, good day and good night. Welcome back to Team of Our Lives, the only and best Naughties-based football podcast today we have a great guest and a great topic of discussion as we plunge for the first time into the early days of chelsea in the noughties and how they transformed from the ken bates motel into the roman empire there we go that took me um, several weeks to write (laughs) (laughs) to guide us through this adventure is author of the games people play and the games people play to a whole new ball game it's chelsea fan gary facker Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, great to be talking about a time when uh, my team actually won a few things. Yeah, that, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us and you're all the way in Spain as well. So um, hopefully the time difference isn't uh, keeping you up twice about time or uh, missing out on dinner or anything. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's just an hour difference, mate, so we're not too bad. We're not too bad. Yeah, happy days. You probably had a siesta, haven't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> working all day writing, so uh, no. Oh, fair play, time. fair play. Yeah. Fair play. And we'll, we'll find out more about your books uh, in a second. Okay. But uh, sure. as, all, as all regular listeners will know, we always start with the first three questions. Um, so, Gary, who, who was your favourite footballer of the noughties? Well, obviously, I had a good think about this, and, and I was leaning towards uh, Gianfranco Zola for, for quite a while because I just think he was a, not, only, not only a magic footballer, but a brilliant guy as well. Um, but I think I'd have to go just for the longevity of the time in the, in the 2000s and the success he had there, or after the Lampard, um, the, the best box-to-box midfielder in the, in the Premier League of that era. And I have a few arguments from Liverpool fans, and that's fine. Uh, I, I want to clench goals as a boxer box midfielder because sort of compare on their goals. But, you know, I mean, he scored 176 goals uh, for Chelsea, which is 50 more than Gerard scored for for, um, for Liverpool. Um, got more assists. He scored he, at the time of retiring. He, he the only players who scored more league goals were Shearer, Rooney, and Cole. That means Lampard's goal record was better than um, Thierry Henry. 
better than Robbie Fowler, better than Jermaine Defoe, better than Michael Owen. And he's a killer. He wasn't even a striker. He was, so, yeah, uh, yeah so I'd have to, I'd have to go with Frankie. Yeah, that's that's what's yeah, what an answer he is without a doubt. One of the, he's, I think he's still the one of the top score, uh, top goal scoring midfielders all time in any European league. I think stupid. I think he's well, well over two hundred career goals. So obviously, me and Harry did a lot of research in a variety of amount of topics from teams over the noughties. and most, as you were saying, most career strikers haven't got over one hundred and fifty goals, and. Uh, yeah, Lampard. I just, I don't. I feel he's a bit left out of the conversation nowadays. Whenever you see people sort of talk about Gerard, um, even even Scholes, because he does a lot of work on BT Sport and all this stuff, yeah. I do feel like Lampard's a little bit left behind. Maybe because his managerial reign with Chelsea wasn't amazing, but um, yeah, I do feel I do feel a bit sorry for him because I feel I, I, back when I was a, you know I had him in my fantasy team back in the day, and he was you know my first choice every time. He was the points, as you said as well, the assists. Um, yeah. absolutely amazing. You say his, his managerial uh, career wasn't brilliant, and it wasn't brilliant, but for in that time, the amount of players he brought through from the youth yeah. team into the first team, I mean, amazing. And you know, players like um, Abraham and Tamori, we, we sold on to uh, Roma, but you know, the likes of uh, Mason Mount, we took to Derby on loan, yeah, Reese James, um, Christensen, Hudson um, Adoy. Uh, I mean, I could go on. There's a six or seven that he brought through, and now are established first team players. Absolutely, and we'll get we'll get onto that academy a little bit later on because it sure. was very much thanks to a, a certain Russian billionaire that that got built. Um, but uh, okay, next next up then, um, who do you think was the most underrated footballer in the Someone who maybe doesn't get the limelight as much, uh, or um, maybe a player we might, might, not, might not even know, never reached yeah. the successes. I had, then again, I had a, had a couple of things about uh, thoughts about this, and I, I, I sort of I looked at a Chelsea player who I thought was was always massively underrated as part of the successful period was Michael Essien. Now he wasn't he wasn't unrated, but he was compared to what he did and what he achieved for the team, he was underrated. Um, but I, 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 I've gone somewhere else instead. Uh, a one club player who could certainly have won far more trophies if he took his talents to other clubs is Totti. I just think as a, yeah. a, a, a skill, what a talent. And but on top of that as well, a commitment to the club he looked. Um so I'd have to go with with uh, with Scott Tossel. I think um, I think when we've done our first ever podcast, me and Harry asked ourselves the same question. I can't remember if I said Totti. Yeah, I think he's Yeah, I think he may have. Yeah, I think he was my answer as well. Because um yeah, I, I just love I love a one, one club man, and there's not many of them. Francesco Totti, Mark Noble, a few of the United players from '92. Um, but yeah, he was just a. I suppose the only word I can think of is sexy, but um, he was just glorious. <laughs> he was just glorious to watch. He would, you know, uh, some of the goals he scored back in when Roma won the league in 2001, 2002, around then. Um, yeah, uh, just just enigmatic and. Um, yeah, you were quite right. You could have easily moved to into Mason Man, Juventus, and one of your trophies. Juve as well, and he's when he's about twenty-five. But uh, just wanted to turn the idea of, of going. I mean, Roma was his club, and he loved the city, he loved the club, and the club responded in kind. And uh, you know, if ever a, club, a guy is destined to go down as a legend for the club, touches the guy. Absolutely, and I was I was thrilled when he won the World Cup in two thousand and six as well because his kind of choice was just. I think if you won the World Cup, you're a legend no matter what, aren't you? So, um, fair play. Um, yeah, what, what a man and what a player. Um, and lastly, 
We always end on uh, your least liked footballer. Uh, we induct many a player into the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame. Um, Gary, who are you choosing? Well, I mean, the question you asked me was, um, I think it was a phrase as who were you surprised at made as a pro rather than least liked? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I said to look at look at the Chelsea players of that sort of era just to keep it on topic. And the, the first player that uh, Claudio Ranieri signed after he'd been made coach of Chelsea was a guy called Slisi Kanovic, who many years ago, uh, many years later, um, reappeared as manager of, of Fulham. Um, but this was a guy who I could never understand why. Uh, it, 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 I don't want to say he's useless, but it, it, he certainly didn't suit the English game, that's for sure. Uh, and he's one of these players who you think, I oh, know, it, it quickly became almost a comic figure. And then you find out later that um, the, the agents, the player's agents, also had another um, part of his books, Ranieri. Mm. So whether that's, I mean, you know, could be cynical or sad. I mean, lots of people call me that in my time, but, you know, I don't <sighs> know what else he would have been signed for Chelsea because uh, he just, I don't know. I don't know what he got. But he got. <laughs> so I'd I, I, I have to put your candidate forward. For sure, for sure. I, re- I remember him signing as well, really. It's one of those kind of like, because he's got quite a unique, cool name, I guess. Um, I do remember him doing the rounds. Did he go to Portsmouth, Harry? Was that someone else I'm thinking of? Uh, I don't recognise. Yeah, I believe so. If he did, it wasn't quick enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, dear. That's funny. Good stuff. OK, then, before we move on to the uh, noughties, then, and uh, go through the evolution of Chelsea to winning their first league title... Um, are there any other particular players that stood out for you in that era, uh, Gary? Um, Chelsea players or anyone else in the Premier League at that time that you thought, I wish I had them or their, their top dollar? Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, as a minority fan, you're also be, be well aware that they were the dominant team at the time. And, you know, you could pick four or five players out of that team that would, uh, you know, you're picking any, in any in any team. False goals have been mentioned briefly being one of them. Uh, and the other one was, was the always standout players and, you know, players you dislike but wish you were this. They were beside you in the trenches. Uh, Roy Keane, um, you know, not blessed with, with with massive talent, but he got 10 10 set of all the talent that he had. Uh, never left anything on the on the, on the sidelines. Um, always gave 100. percent And you know, I, I don't mean to say he wasn't a talented player, but there, was, there were far more talented players in that squad. But he he made himself more important. And, and another player in that in that team is Ennis Irwin. Always massively all thought underrated. Um, uh, and uh, uh, and he, he's an exceptional player. But if I go back to Chelsea, I said I mentioned Zola earlier. Um, Zola was the probably you know we had a, this sort of thing of signing aged stars on uh, the Holy Kane, Holy Kane, when they passed the best. Zola too passed too far past his best when he when he claimed, and he was a wonderful, wonderful player. And I remember one of his last games he played, <clears throat> excuse me, against Liverpool. And he had he was trapped in the corner by Carragher and I can't remember who the fallback was, but he put Carragher on his backside twice and, and the other defender as well. Um, in a space of five metres, the skill this guy had. And um, many years later, um, I'm talking now about five years ago, when he was manager of Birmingham City, I was working for a, a design agency that also owned a print company and they were the, the print sponsors of Birmingham City, just the programmes, that sort of thing. So we got invited to um, the annual dues, the, the player of the year award at the end of season, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we got invited when Zola was managing 
Birmingham. And I was thinking, this is great. I'm going to get my picture taken with, with, with Frank Kerr. I mean, all these years later. Yeah. And the bloody sacked in bed three months before the... the, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I mean, no. So, <laughs> so, so, so far. But, yeah, so those are, those are sort of players that... Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I always like sort of the, the players going to get on the edge of the seat. Um, yeah. Oh, 100%. Absolutely, same same here. I think Zola was definitely one of his players as well. We just, I mean, he aged like a fine wine as well. We don't even when he left Chelsea, he went to a Cagliari and he helped them get promoted back into Serie A oh, from Serie B. At, what, yeah, what was he 38, 39 then as well? Like so, you, you, you yeah, he'd be thirty six, well. I would think. Oh, when he went, yes, yeah, so he'd be 37, 38 when he had Cagliari. Um, it was, we'll perhaps touch on this later, but um, the last game we played this season, uh, Chelsea hadn't got enough money to give off him a new contract, and he'd given his word. To Cagliari, his first club, he would return home, and obviously when when Roman came in, they tried to convince him to stay. Because oh, right. But he said, "I can't. I don't go back on my word. I can't go back on my word." To the team, that's, that's the guy he was. I mean, probably one of the least disliked foreign players uh, in the Premier League of all time. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. indeed. Um, and just a quick one before we go on to the um, go on to the noise as well. Obviously, you're, you're, an, you're an established author. If you could write a book on any player in the noughties, mm-hmm. I'd imagine it'd be a Chelsea player. Who would it be? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. And you, you could you could <laughs> fictionalise it. You could kind of you can do whatever you wanted to them. Uh, what, what what character are you taking? Are you taking a Roy Keane? Are you making him a nice guy? Or are you taking a Zola and making him a villain? Yeah. Oh no, I'm not going to that. No, no. no. <laughs> I, think, I think because it's the most interesting story, I'd probably go with Drogba. Um, because there's, there's, there's a, uh, I've written a few articles about Drogba in the past. Uh, I mean, too long to go into, but so many elements to the stories, how he got to where he was, what happened with Chelsea, what happened in, for the national team. He even stopped a war. He even started a I heard that. In his own country. Um, why, why basically, after they qualified for the um, um, World Cup, why sort of TV, falling on his knees, begging the... the, the, the the two sides of the country, his country, the Cote d'Ivoire, stop biting. I mean, yeah. So that that would be, I guess, that would be. I can't 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 dispute that whatsoever. Fair play then. Um, so having not won a league title since 1955, Chelsea entered the noughties, having only uh, won a League Cup and an FA Cup in the 90s, which is a far cry from the team they are today in 2021. So let's hop back in the TARDIS and go back all the way to the year 2012. Well, 2000-2001 season. Uh, the manager is uh, Gianluca Vialli until mid-September when uh, Claudio Ranieri takes over. Chelsea actually finished sixth this season. Your top goal scorer that season was none of one of my favourite players and he wearing the Jimmy. Dutch shirt. Good old Jimmy. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. He got 26 uh, goals in all competitions. Uh, Ken Bates is still the chairman at this point and Chelsea started the season by actually winning the charity Shield. I believe it was 2-0 against my team, I believe, from memory. Um, you also sold quite a few players this season as well. So you sold Chris Sutton, who I thought was pretty decent, but I don't think he'd done too well for Chelsea. Chelsea had this um, habit of signing uh, big-name strikers that never come off. Um, and I can reel them off. I mean, when I say big-name, I mean big-name. Chris Sutton was £6 million, I think. Yeah. Um, and Anto Torres uh, at Liverpool was probably, if not the best, certainly one of the best strikers in Europe. On the way down the M6 from Anfield to, to Stamford Bridge, 
he donned a cemento overcoat and stopped him. <laughs> where he, I, I, don't, I never took it off. Although, mm. strange enough, he never won a pot with Liverpool and won three, three or four trophies. That's true. Um, uh, Morata, jeez. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he's been drummed out of more clubs than... than, than <laughs> Right. I mean, I just, uh, you know, we have this thing I say, we buy big name strikers that don't seem to, the, the only one really who ever came off was, was Brogba. Um, but yeah, Chris Sutton, um, which, which got rid of that season. Hasselbank was, was, was a star for us. And there was always this triumvirate of players at the time with uh, Hasselbank, Zola and uh, Idaho Johnson, who was a yes. perfect, perfect foil for, for um, Hasselbank. That, that sort of, you know, that t- Teddy Sheringham sort of um Role that he played, played deep. He could still, still, still score his goals, which, which sort of edged out um, Zola as well. But yeah, so that, that first season there, um, which sad to see the only go, um, he got a bit of a sort of status at the club um, as a former player, and then moving upstairs to replace the Hollies when he fell out with Bates. Falling out with Bates at Chelsea is nothing unusual. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, and then Ranieri came in, you know, the fabled tinker man, and uh, mm. I I'd never heard of the guy before. And uh, first signing was Dukanovic, and it set, it set a little bit of a trend, although he did sign, also signed Rampard as well. It's true. Very true. He, well, he also, he also got rid of Tori Andre Flo, uh, which I think we've told the story before, um, but my first ever pet dog was not named Flo after Tori Andre Flo. Uh, but oh, my, mother, my, my, my mother, being a uh, nurse, thought that the dog was named after Florence Nightingale. Um, <laughs> so if he... <laughs> For 20 years, she thought it was named after Florence Nightingale. It's named after an obscure Norwegian footballer from the 90s, um, <laughs> which is, in my, I, I still think that's genius. Um, you also got rid of, I didn't even know this, um, I can't remember him ever playing for Chelsea. Didier Deschamps? Yeah, Deschamps, yeah. Oh, yeah, he played, he played um, I think, a season and a half, because when France won the World Cup, that's right. Yeah. had three players in the French team in the, in the final. That was Deschamps, Bessaye. And Petit, just like Petit. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, and it, you know, it did okay for us. I think he was very, very much in the mould of, of um, the Arlie. He was past his best. And he had a chance to go to Manchester United, apparently, but his wife wanted to live in London. So, uh, these things happen. There we go. It's funny you should mention uh, Viali. Well, I mentioned Viali as well, but um, I went to the Ray Wilkins testimonial match a couple of years ago and saw all these Chelsea legends play. So, a lot of the players. I saw we're talking about today. I saw, I saw playing like yeah, kind of a, a testimonial match against I think it was against the Inter Milan eleven as well. So it was quite 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 good to see. Uh, you mentioned as well, yeah, Jimmy Floyd Hasbrook signed and Good Johnson actually signed as well. Good Johnson interestingly signed from Bolton Wanderers. I completely forgot he was there, um, which is a weird one. Um, other players of note this season. Uh, you mentioned Desai was the captain. Dennis Wise was still there. Uh, Gus Poirier, Roberto Di Matteo, obviously. Off the back of scoring that wonderful goal in the FA Cup final in '97, uh, Zola, uh, John Terry was kind of on the fringes at this point. He was just breaking through the first few uh, into the first team as well. But um, yeah, Ranieri in the side, finishing sixth, and um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, an interesting first season as well. It's, it was certainly a, a development of a side back then as well. I think. Yeah, I think I think we were, we were a team that was sort of in the second rank, shall we say, of. of, of the English clubs in the league and Ranieri didn't really promise to make that much difference. I, I thought you remember Good Johnson because he actually scored the, the first goal of the Mourinho era in a home game. Oh, did he? 
Oh, no, I've probably blocked that from my memory for good reason. I did like Good Johnson though. I just only like because before Iceland became the international team, they were by getting to the semi final in the Euros. He was their kind of standout player. Um, and I kind of, I kind of respected that. His father also played international football, and there was a plan to play to, to send him on uh, and play in the 10 minutes as in his father's. On his father's last few games, but his oh, dad right. got injured before, and then they tried to do it afterwards. But then they ended up replacing his father, came off as Idigo Johnson went on. So, yeah. oh, there we go. Interesting story. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the uh, 2001 2002 season. Claudio Ranieri's uh, second full season or first full season in charge, technically. Um, and once again, he's very good at finishing sixth. Yep. And Jimmy Ford Hasbank is very good at retaining his top goal scorer status, this time with 29 goals. Um, although you did reach the semi-finals of the League Cup, but it was a humiliating defeat to Spurs 5-1. Yes, uh, we'll, skip, we'll skip over that. Um, <laughs> um, your run was up in the FA Cup final as well, so you had two deep cup runs, uh, lost 2-0 to Arsenal in the final. Um, you signed the likes of uh, Gallas from Marseille, Lampard from West Ham, Dennis Wise, Wise uh, leaves, leaves for Leicester after 12 years at the club as well. Uh, former Arsenal midfielder Emmanuel Petit joins from Barcelona as well. And uh, Di Matteo has that awful leg break um, and he uh, for, gets forced into retirement this year as well. Um, so this is the year that you make a few decent signings, Lampard most notably. Um, and getting those, you had two deep cut runs as well. Was this, you know, I suppose in the, in the late 90s with a couple of trophy wins as well. At this point, were Chelsea kind of, as a fan, did you think of Chelsea as were your expectations to always get to a final? Or were you still kind of living in the pre yeah. Not really, not really. Um, we were very much if we were going to win a pot, it was going to be a cup. If we were going to have a decent winner's trophy, it was going to be in a cup of you know because you have to win far less games in the cup front to do a trophy than doing the league, and we, we weren't, weren't that good. We weren't in the top rank of teams. Um, so yeah, we had there were a couple of decent runs, but you know you we were winning. I, I mean, I remember. I was born in 1956. Um, I missed the Chelsea winning the league by a year. I had to wait. The, they were, Chelsea formed in 1905. It took them 50 years to win the first uh, league trophy and then another 50 years to win. I was born one year after winning the first, so that's that's how long I've been waiting. Um, <laughs> so I've never had any sort of... Um, uh, uh, Chelsea had a pedigree in my mind of being a, a, a league chance for the league. So cup runs were basically what we did. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember the Arsenal games, totally disappointing. We were sort of a long way second best in the game. Um, and we lost in the, uh, you mentioned um, Di Matteo's leg break, which is a game in the UEFA Cup second round, I think it was, to way to, to a club called San Galan, Swiss team. And we ended up losing to them. I mean, yeah. I've never heard them play European football before or since. That's the sort of level the club were at then. Absolutely. It's a weird season, that one, as well, because you had a few, you know, you got Robert Hoof, Carlton Cole, John Terry still on the fringes of the of the play. Talk about that academy as well. Um, you signed uh, Bodo Zenden uh, from Barcelona in, in February as well. as a mid, midway season, which is a bit odd. A player I, I remember, he played in the Danish leagues, was uh, Jesper Gronkjaer, um, who I always thought was quite decent, but never quite made it either at Chelsea or um, we've played a few other Prem teams, I can't remember. Birmingham afterwards, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. right, but 
well, he had yeah, apparently he was very quick, brilliant, brilliant, very very good. Well, go and play, go and run on the athletic track. Um, uh, always one of these players that frightened to see, and another player at the same agent as uh, Ranieri. Oh, right. Uh, oh, wow. He did score a very important goal, which we perhaps touch on uh, in a couple of seasons. Um, but uh, no, just, just, just packed not good enough, basically. Yeah. He was there for three or four seasons, probably more than that, that's two or three seasons. But um, a winger that never really produced anything. For sure. He kind of reminded me, he's kind of like a young Christian Eriksen in a way, kind of very technically gifted. Not that good. No. No, <laughs> fair enough. No, <laughs> I, I, I don't think his mother would say he was that good. Let's allow. No, him. fair enough. No, I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought he had potential. Uh, yeah, well, if he did, if he, did he wasn't delivered. No, no definitely. Well, he was. Yeah. My interesting fact about him is that he's the only player I know of that was born in Greenland. Oh no, I didn't know that. No, there no. we go. Obviously, I mean, he, played Den- he played for Denmark a few times, but you know that wasn't the great Danish team. He's done in my team of LPR and. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they were fairly, fairly ordinary. I mean, they must be fairly ordinary if Grant Carl could get a game. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fair happy days indeed. Um, moving on to O two O three, then Ranieri obviously still in charge. He, d- he does a little bit better this time. He finishes fourth. Um, this time it's not Jimmy Floyd Asselbank who scores all the goals. Uh, Gianfranco Zola, the aforementioned, uh, gets sixteen, which is you know half as many as you know you, you were used to your top striker scoring. Uh, this time he reached the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and the League Cup, so he cut runs um, not doing too well, um, but he did move up a couple of places in the league. And speaking of the league, you only lost two of your opening 20 games. Um, so you had a bloody good first half of the season. The second half of the season didn't go too well. Um, you didn't really make any major signings this season. Now, when we when we brought up the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame earlier, a player I thought you were going to say, in fact, in my head, I put money on you saying this player, um, was Winston Bogard. Oh, Bahade. 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 As they say in the Netherlands. Yeah, well, he, he went on strike. Uh, I mean, yeah, he was... Yeah, actually, I should, yes. I, I'd forgotten him. I'd expunged him from my memory. <laughs> my um, choice. Winston Bahade. I mean, he, he was Dutch international when he signed. Did he sign from Barcelona? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And he played. He'd, he'd done well at Barcelona, well, not reasonably well. I mean, not well enough to not not to be sold. But um, yeah, he played a few games. But then for some reason, he, I say he he went on strike. I don't know if that's too simplistic a term, but but refused to play. But but we paid him out for his contract. I mean, uh, how that works, I'm sure. But there you go. But this season had probably the most important game in the history of Chelsea Football Club, which was the last game of the season, which was at home to Liverpool. And uh, both teams were competing for fourth place, the last Champions League position. Yeah. Chelsea, uh, this is a time when Chelsea, Zelda's contract had run out and Chelsea couldn't afford to offer him a new contract. And um, mm. this season, Chelsea only need a draw. Liverpool needed fourth place. Um, and Liverpool scored an early goal, I think it was Sammy Hippia who scored. And Chelsea equalised soon after, and Desai scored with a header. And then Gronkjaer, uh, all these goals happened the first 20, 25 minutes or so. And Gronkjaer cut in from the right. And as the defender closed in, I can't think it might have been, um, it was the, the junior head kid with a powerful free kick ball back. Risa. Uh, yeah, I think it was Risa closed him down. <laughs> as he tried to get around, he slipped. Gronkjaer's foot went from the him and he hooked the ball. And because he slipped, he dragged the ball a bit wider. And he curled around uh, 
goalkeeper with one two one. It transpired afterwards that so we got Champions League qualification. Not only did it keep the club solvent, but the deal with Abramovich was being discussed at the time. And one of the preconditions he, he sort of wanted was they had to be in the Champions League. That was uh, that was, I'd say, one of the most important games, if not the most important game, wow. you know, taking into Champions League and whatever in the history of the game, certainly up to that, that point anyway. So uh, I suppose yes, we're Gronk. You can't you can't be really off too much because well, uh, no, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Now, every every sort of um, you know, even a broken clock's right twice a day, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, Winston Bogard or Bahard, Um He spent four years at the club, made nine appearances. Crazy. Nine, and he was on forty grand a week or something stupid, yeah. which at the time was even good money. People say, you know, can, you know, I could be, I could do that. I could sit the bench for four years. Yeah, it's fine, yeah. Professional bench warmer. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, you signed him also from Boston along with Albert Ferrer, who I've completely forgotten about as well. He was a pretty decent fullback. Yeah, it's okay. He, um, it's forgotten about. Ferrer played under Slobby Robson. He was at, um, at Barcelona when they needed one everything. And only found to win the league because they lost the last but one game at, uh, against the team that was relegated. Not from... from but yeah, Ferrer played for us a decent, for a decent volley. Good player, solid, dependable. Uh, not particularly brilliant, but yeah, yeah, yeah well respected. Yeah, another player who kind of um, we haven't really spoken about. I think I spoke about him as a United fan, um, Mark Bosnich. Some goalkeepers in that time. We've had some really <laughs> great goalkeepers. We've had some outstanding goalkeepers. We've had some clones in that time. I remember Dimitri Karim was signed for a Russian guy playing goal. And there was a Czech, Peter Barotta, who came from the Czech Republic, or well, Czechoslovakia, who was in those days, probably. Um, and just, uh, I just think, quite 12 years old, I had to do as well. Um, Mark Bosnich, <laughs> who was, was well, erratic, shall we say. Let's, let's be kind. Actually, one of the first players, the first tranche of players when uh, money came in was a solid guy called uh, Jurgen Macho, goalkeeper from Sunderland. And he never played a first team game, got injured, never played a first team game. So, goalkeepers in Chelsea. I mean, we, Peter Benetti was from the whole time in the Petr Cech. You know, yeah. and we, we can have discussions about Michael, but up, up with Michael as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and this will come on to learn he was a bargain as well. Oh, yeah. Well, from Ren, where the same club, ironically, where we got Mendy from. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, fair play indeed. Um, so, Bosnich was released this season. Um, he played actually played his last game for Chelsea in 2001, but was sat by the club after testing positive for cocaine. You're Again, right. you, exactly. But I can't believe he was on the, he was on forty five thousand pounds a week, according to the article I read. Which even back then, it's, you know, that's a lot for a footballer now, let alone in the early noughties. Um, he wouldn't return for football until two thousand and eight. Um, and he nearly moved to Bolton Wanderers after this, uh, after he was banned for football. And he, <laughs> of all people, to try and sign him was Paul Merson when he was at Walsall, um, which probably exactly. wouldn't have been my, a my good combination. Yeah, that's where I'm from originally. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, did he know he was? Um, so he was uh, on a you know five thousand pound week addiction to cocaine. And do you know what? former Chelsea keeper put him into rehab and helped him? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know, Governor. You're wearing his uh, nationality top. Oh, is it uh, Head to Hoy? Yes. 
apparently they must have had some sort of connection at Chelsea because uh, apparently reached out and checked him into rehab. Apparently. Right. Um, Holly signed to high, the Hoy, I should say. Excuse me, Dr. Benson. Um, they were flying back from a Dutch game, and they got sat next to each other and play. And he said he wasn't happy. And basically, I said that he kept the transfer to Canada. But another good goalkeeper played for us for a, for a while. Yeah, I like I liked him. I thought he was good. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next season then, uh, which would transpire to be Claudio Ranieri's uh, last season. And I think maybe. If you were to look at this um, out of context, Chelsea from finishing sixth twice, finishing fourth, finished second this season. Do you think Claudio Reni was a bit hard done? He got sacked at the end of the season, or do you think it was inevitable with the change of ownership? Well, basically, um, what, I think the problem was that uh, they got they really won the Champions League. I mean, the, the, they actually finished second, but second um, is, sounds quite quite nice. But I think there's yeah. 11 or 12 points to gap to Arsenal. Fresh yeah. air was second. Fresh air was third. Um, you know, so yeah, that performance wasn't that great. But the Champions League was what um, was the big, big point, and also the downfall for uh, Ranieri. We got into the last four of the Champions League, and the other That's three right. clubs were Monaco, Deportivo La Coruña, and Porto. Now, if you are at any decent club, and somebody offers that today. In the last four, you just snap the hand. Oh, absolutely! It's borderline a gimme, and it wasn't that different in those days. I mean, Mourinho was a Porto when they just won the league, but then you know, hardly you know, we ain't talking Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juve, Milan, uh, Inter. We're not talking that sort of calibre of team. Um, you know, and, and conspired. I think we were we were winning away in Monaco on the heading of that, and he started chopping the team around. He ended up with Hoot, who was a big centre off playing on the right wing and it basically we threw the game away and it was uh, one of the first books I wrote um, I said you know it's the it was a 90 minute resignation letter you know dear wow. dear, wow. dear, dear, dear uh, Roman I wish to attend my resignation as football coach because I'm bloody useless <laughs> um, I, think, I, mean, I think his time was gone I mean you know he's not the sort of coach who is going to draw the big names that Abramovich because Abramovich obviously taken the, over the club by now he's uh, in June, it was June 2003. Um, so Ranieri was never going to be a long-term manager there. They needed to start. For sure. I would argue that um, I think smaller teams, I say smaller teams, I suppose they're bigger than their home nations, um, but clubs like Porto, like Monaco, do have these like once-in-a-generation kind of squads. Yeah. With oh. like, uh, yeah, that Monaco side had like Adebayor, and um, Ludovic Julie and a few decent players at Porto side. He signed a lot of their players afterwards. Indeed. Ricardo Carvalho, Depos, Ben McCarthy went to the Prem as well. He was their strong at the time. Yeah. Um, I've worked so, yeah. the perception at the time. Yes, no, absolutely. Porto weren't seen to be major stars that they were going to that they would become. And you know the perception was, and, and we should have beat. We were beating Monaco comfortably, and then you you know take and get in the final. Um, but the fact that he didn't get to the final. After being in a strong position, was as I say, was the thing that did fall in the game. Absolutely, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh three, oh four, still the top goal scorer was once again back in the ranks. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank with eighteen goals. Uh, Ken Bates leaves as chairman in March and is replaced uh, by Bruce Buck, in line with the new ownership of Roman Abramovich. Um, despite quarterfinals of the League Cup and semis and finishing second, uh, Ranieri is sat by the end of May. Uh, obviously, Monaco beat you in the Champions League uh, semis, as discussed. 
Um, can you remember what club Ken Bates went on to buy? He immediately bought another club after Chelsea. It was Leeds. It was Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is odd, isn't it? Manager afterwards, didn't they? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it didn't go uh, down well. No, not yeah. Oh, not no. Oh, that's, it went from bad to worse, didn't it? Yeah. There we go. Um, so, kind of, do you think that? I suppose Abramovich, in my eyes, anyway, he turned the club into like a more commercial, a bigger conglomerate. Um, I suppose Ranieri kind of built the team in some, in, in my mind, in some. You know, he brought through Lampard and a few players that were kind of form the basis of Mourinho, and then Mourinho would bring in his Portuguese contingent the following season. How much credit do you give Ranieri for the first, as we'll come on to the the final season we're going to talk about today, that winning team? Yeah. Does he deserve any credit? I, I, of course. Of course. Um, of course, he deserves a measure of credit there. And I think, I, I, I'm not sure, but I think, didn't he also sign uh, Petr Cech? Um, I think Cech came. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he can't, I think, under Ranieri. But the question with that, with these sort of signings, you know, transfers, and I think that's as true today as it was in those days. I'm not sure how much um, exclusivity of, of, of desire um, is, is is the manager's, you know. I mean, um, did did Ranieri go on to, to spot uh, this goal, goalkeeper playing for Ren? Oh, I'm not sure that's, that's particularly true. Um, so transfers are a little bit, you know, a little bit up in the air. And I'm not sure about how much control the manager in those days, especially under somebody like Bates. It's a bit like uh, Spurs with um, Levy. Uh, you know, the manager might want to buy somebody, but you know, that's not the decision. That might be the, op- the option. That might be the suggestion, but it's not the decision. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, Ranieri had sort of kept Chelsea going. And when the big stars arrived, when the, the money was spent in the first season he was there, I think it was a lot of, a lot of bit overwhelming as well. Um, he wasn't used to managing this sort of world stars. It was talking about you know, Michael came in and uh, um, Adrian Newton, another disaster. Joe Cole. And I think it was always going to be a case that the manager was always, he got one he got one chance to win the Champions League and if you win, you, know, you get, keep your job. I mean, that's probably been the case at Chelsea. Not just now, I mean, it's been the case after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he did have some credit, but I mean, the difference when Mourinho take, took over was, you know, between, between six point five and nine point five out of ten. Yeah, definitely yeah. Fair, fair play. Um, and you mentioned, yeah, he did sign some big. I think um, in that summer transfer window alone, oh three oh four, we're still talking about. I think yeah. in excess of well over hundred million, which back then is an obscene amount of money. I think Arsenal got plaudited this year for spending one hundred fifty mil. Um, and you're right, Glenn Johnson, Makaleli, Joe Cole, Demi Duff, Mutu, Crespo, um, Jeremy, uh, Wayne Bridge. Um, I found out you had, remember Neil Sullivan, who um, famously yeah. let in David Beckham's yeah. goal from halfway yeah. on. He, yeah. was, he was your yeah. sub goalie. Uh, Cudicini was there as well. Um, did you know in the, in the first season that Bramovich had, was kind of at the realm at Chelsea, he gave CSK Moscow a uh, sponsorship bung, let's say, of £50 million, um, just under that. Because um, it's a li- obviously it was illegal under FIFA and still is under FIFA anyway for ruling to own more than one club. So he gave them a sponsorship in uh, air quotes. Um, as a Chelsea fan, were you pissed off at that? Or was it one of those things you think, well, we've got billions? Well, I, I think if somebody 
you know, buys your train, train set for Christmas, you're not going to mind if you bought somebody else a teddy bear as well, are you really? I mean, <laughs> perhaps a way to put it. I mean, you know, I, I remember the day I used to have a, a, um, a radio alarm. I was in bed and just ping off in the morning you know, to wake it up. And I'd lie there for sort of 20 minutes to the, to the news. And I remember that day in June when uh, Sports News, uh, Chelsea Football Club had been taken over by Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich. And I, what? I mean, it totally came out of out of um, out of the ether as far as I was going. I hadn't heard any talk about it before. And, and that day, as I changed to change for Chelsea Football Club from being uh, a sort of, I say, second rank. You know, you might get the Champions League, you might not. You might have a decent couple, and you might not. But to somebody who was going to challenge for the major trophies in not only the country but also you. Mm, absolutely, absolutely indeed. Um, just quickly on the on also that wealth coming in as well. One of the most important things that I'll be Brambridge done. We touched on it earlier. Um, was Cobham training ground and that complex? We've spoken about some of the talents that have come through already, but even you know, even now, um, how important was investing money in a new training ground? And do you think that's attributed to the recent success we've seen with? Uh, you know, the Champions League last year and you know, over the last yeah. decade? I, I think very much the case. They used to train at an old airfield. I can't remember the name. I would say Arlington, but I'm not sure that's right. Um, so, yeah, Cobham was, a, was a, a revolutionary concept. And there's a lot of credit should go to a guy called Frank Arneson, who was a former Ajax and uh, Danish international, who was made the first sort of academic director, shall we say, of those things, development, youth development. And a lot of the processes that, that started producing these Successful youth teams were, uh, were the, the produce of the, the processes he laid down there. Yeah, there we go. And uh, yeah, it's, as we said, uh, pay, pay dividends. Alrighty then, let's move on to the fateful season then. 04 05. <laughs> yeah, okay. With pleasure. <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, Robert. in the summer, Mourinho was assigned um, to take over and left Porto. Uh, I mean, obviously, it always makes me smile a little bit when, uh, you know, managers get sacked these days and they say, we're looking for a new place. I mean, what kind of business gets rid of the, the major guy and then says, oh, I don't know who can replace him with. I mean, crazy. Yeah. But obviously, Mourinho would have been lined up for a while. And apparently, on his, he, he, the deal was closed on, on um, a run for his yacht. Oh, I think it was in, more in Monaco. That's what I'm not uh, but apparently... Uh, Bramovich told him the sort of players they were going to buy, and he said, Don't need those stars, we need one star. That's me. And now, uh, you know, okay, and it's, you know, it's a special one. I'm not one out of the bottle, I'm some other special one. And that confidence, um, obviously, you know, uh, was justified in what he delivered. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, so it's, it's technically a first full season for the combination of Bruce Buck and Abramovich as well, and Mourinho for that matter. Uh, so in Chelsea's 99th year as a club, they would win their first league title in 50 years. And also, people forget this, also won the League Cup and also reached the Champions League semi-finals for the second year running. Um, I think everyone remembers Mourinho's first season in charge spectacularly well because he made such a... I think it obviously became to people's attentions winning the Champions League with Porto. Um, but having him in the Premier League again, he was just—it was such, such such a breath of fresh air, in my opinion, as well. Um, and yeah, I suppose his style of football wasn't to everyone's tastes. But again, he brought in some footballs, uh, some some footballers that 
but quite again I use the word sexy um, but uh, yeah I think he helped contribute to make the Premier League what it was and still is yeah, yeah absolutely um, I mean you say about style of football um, Chelsea won the the league it wasn't like Arsenal won the league by a comfortable margin yeah. and Mourinho even predicted the game when they would win the league I mean, this is one of these. I know it's, I know it's arrogance, and he probably forgets it wrong. Nobody remembers this, but he, around the turn of the year, he said, this will be the game when we secure the league. And you know, when you get players coming in, but actually, uh, check I think check arrived actually this year. This, yeah, this season it was. Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps yes, I forgive me. We got players like uh, Robin, the strange, um, um, like again this year, and uh, Drogba. So you know, I think it's harsh to say that to criticise style of football. We, you know, Chelsea had this thing, they'd go 2 nil up and then stick the ball up the jumper for the rest of the game. Now, you might call that professional, you might call it, um, uh, uh, defensive in the right word, you might call it a bit sort of less than fully entertaining, but what it was, it might have been successful. And I think they conceded a ridiculous amount of low, low number of goals, something like 11 or yeah, I was just going to say, actually, I was just going to come on to that. So I think um, everyone remembers the kind of Arsenal Invincibles of like 3 4 the previous season. Um, it never gets mentioned that Chelsea only lost one game all season this season against Man City and he lost 1-0. Can you remember who scored the goal? Anelka. Anelka. He, exactly, yeah. He would, he would go on to sign, obviously. Um, so I think that's a huge achievement. It's it's rarely ever done that a, a, you know, a club goes unbeaten the whole season. And it was just, you know, just to be let down by a penalty. It's, it's um, you, you nearly done it the season after Arsenal. And I think people forget that. That's right. Um, uh, yes, going on, on to the records, you kind of got that season as well. So you also broke a, a number of long-standing records, including, here is the list. Uh, most away wins for 15. Most clean sheets all season with 25. Fewest goals conceded away in a season, nine. Um, most wins in a season, 29. Fewest goals conceded in a season, 15. Um, that so, says yeah, a so, boring football to me, that does. Uh, <laughs> most away wins in the season, yeah, go, go there, be defensive. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, you're quite, you're quite right, absolutely. I think, uh, including myself, kind of misremember those things. Um, yeah. But having having the old Mourinho at United, forgive me. Oh, no. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Steve Clark was uh, Mourinho's number two for a short while as well. Uh, Villas Boas uh, was was the scout. Um, a couple of names there as well. Uh, this made me laugh. We talked about kind of uh, Bosnia earlier in September. Adrian Mutu tested positive for wow. cocaine and was banned for seven months, uh, having paid fifteen million for Mewtwo from Palmer the season prior. Uh, Chelsea seeks legal action against Mewtwo. Uh, this legal dispute, uh, dispute is still going on today, uh, with Adrian Mewtwo eligibly owing Chelsea now 18 million in legal damages. Uh, but this has been upheld and paused numerous times. Palmer are involved still, Juventus are involved. Um, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? And it just, uh, he used to, I mean, you, you know, you, you don't know how, how many of these stories are true, but the, the stories that uh, Mewtwo used to leave his car anywhere. And if it gets towed away, it gets towed away. I go by the feet and get it back. Um, because he just didn't care. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Mutu signing, and he was never really that good, to be honest with Barry Gain, he was a player. I think he was as a penis of Harvey um, recommendation. He, he put forward quite a few players at that time. I mean, Veron was uh, one of his recommendations as well. Some of the players who came off, you know, like the likes of Joe Cole, Arlie Robert, there's, there's a few that's, were less, less than successful. 
But you know, even mm. even then, you know, taking into account as you said that the records that Chelsea brought that season were, were mightily impressive, and uh, and you know, the future, you know, for all Chelsea fans, something looked brilliantly. And then I remember I used to work with the Man United fan, and he said, "Oh, you know, okay, anybody can win those. You got to, to do it to do it to be properly regarded as a great team. You got to win it back to back." I remember the phone scenes I went to work after we. <laughs> okay, what do you want next? The belt race. Uh, absolutely. Funny stuff. Um, so, yeah, Chelsea lost one go- uh, game all season against Man City, uh, scored all by an L, could go on to sign in the future. Uh, solitary goal by Luis Garcia saw Liverpool progress in the Champions League semi final, uh, which I think we've spoken about before with uh, Steve a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and it was the only goal scored over those two legs. Just a minute. When you say he scored a goal, oh, okay. <laughs> what you mean was a goal? Was, no, I, mean, just, I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I'm happy to say I don't know where the ball across the line. But what I will say is the referee, and if you watch the game, because I've watched this goal many, many times, he was, I think he was Slovakian, I can't remember, but he's outside the penalty area behind the game. The linesman did not give the goal, the referee did. And if he's got eyesight like that, <laughs> that that's mildly impressive. You shouldn't guess goals. And he, he guessed that goal. And I, I don't know if it was over the line or not. And it was a close game, but, you know, it was a bit heartbreaking because I, I think if we'd have got through that, we'd have won the, we'd have won the, the Champions League that year. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've got a few Liverpool fans who have made some, you know, it's, it's one of those sort of elbows in the ribs jobs, you know, every time we talk about it. Absolutely. It's definitely one of those goals that contributes towards kind of uh, goal line technology, isn't it? Oh, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. That, and the Lamp- and that and the Lampard goal, ironically. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, so, but you would kind of get revenge or prior to this, um, you won the League Cup against Chelsea thanks to an extra time goal from uh, Matthias Kesman. Um, Kesman. We so he's signed, uh, signed Kesman and Robin at the same time from PSP. Yeah. Uh, they basically came as because Robin. As, as Matt Man and Robbie. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, Batman's utility got one that great. And Kesman was, uh, he struggled for, an, um, I don't think he scored his first goal for the club for about eight or nine games. And it was a penalty. Um, uh, uh, we were winning, I can't remember, but it was at, at home, comfortably three or four in the club. And um, we had a penalty, late penalty. And Mourinho's was giving it the nine, nine's got a Kesman's penalty. And he took a run up of the penalty area like he was going to break the net, and then he, he penenkered it in for his first goal. In that, in that uh, League Cup final, that was the um, Liverpool game. A couple of things to mention. Um, first, the, 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 because they went ahead early, I think the equaliser was a, an own goal by Gerard. That's right. Yeah. And in the game, um, crazily, the stadium was, was Cardiff, because of when it was being rebuilt at the time. Um, they had uh, the Liverpool fans were banked behind the Chelsea uh, bench, which you think is not very sensible at the best of times. And after we scored, after, after uh, I think it was Kesman's goal, um, the, the Liverpool fans obviously been giving um, Mourinho GBH of the year for a few hours the game. And basically Mourinho went like this. Too. And football fans are a really weird group. They'll tell players that they're you know, their wives or whatever, and they hope the kids suffer this and one matter and language and whatever. And yet a footballer has only got to make a, a minute gesture and all of a sudden they're affronted like 17-year-old girls in the state of the arm in the 17th century. 
And I think they were almost in tears about being insulted. You, oh, I remember it so well. It's so good that we beat them in the end. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those games, I mean, a minor trophy, I mean, the League Cup. And Mourinho, who's counting the community shields as a major trophy, I mean. It is what it is, isn't it? Uh, I, I really like the tie case. I felt a bit sorry for him. It kind of goes into the, I think, as a Chelsea striker or as a Premier League striker, he's a bit of a flop. He only scored four times for Chelsea in the league. Yeah. Um, but at PS3, he scored 105 goals and 122 yeah. appearances. So he's by no means a... Uh, you know, um, terrible, and even at Partizan Belgrade before that, he was you know had a, he had a plus goal average again. Yeah, not to put two point of point of point, though the Eredivisie um, wasn't particularly that strong at the time. I think yeah. he went to, from us to uh, Atleti, and he didn't particularly pull up any trees there. No, I think. But, no, but fair. There you, there you go. Another um, centre forward that we signed that didn't come off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, added to the list. Um, this season, you also got rid of quite a few players as well. Zenden went, uh, Crespo went on loan to Milan. Desai, who's your captain, left. Uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank left. Zaron went. Petit went. Melchior went. Um, Mourinho brought in, you know, the, as we spoke about, the Portuguese contingent that included uh, Carvalho, Thiago, uh, Paulo Ferreira as well, lest we forget. It was, uh, and as you mentioned, it was uh, Ian Robbins' first season, Drogba's first season. And I believe, you might correct me on this, this was John Terry's first uh, season as captain. Yeah, it was because Desai had been um, the leader on the leader on the pitch, and Desai schooled Terry all the previous few years. Um, excuse me. So when he left, he gave Terry the basic chance to, to sort of become the leader, which he did for a long time. That interesting point about Crespo he went on loan to, to Inter, as you said, and came back afterwards, and uh, he won the league with Chelsea. It was the first yeah. he'd ever won. And I remember a picture of, of him and there was interesting enough to he was crying holding his medal. It was the first league I'd ever won. And there's a wonderful story about Crespo that um, when he was in Argentina, he had two, um, two ambitions. The other one to be a professional footballer or a bin man. Because he used to sit on the step of his parents' house on the day the bin men would come around waiting for them and sort of wave to them, talk to the bin men. And he was always, he wanted to be a footballer first, but he couldn't make him want to be a bin man. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah, Chris. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's interesting about um, the, you know, a lot of the players. You can see the turnover, and you know the players you mentioned coming in, particularly Carvalho. <laughs> the um, I wrote a piece for these couple of times, a series we were doing a while ago about partnerships, and Terry and Carvalho playing together an amazing partnership uh, uh, record of defence. Um, and, you know, and Ferreira, who um, is one of these players who sort of didn't, didn't really look very good. I remember playing against Tottenham and Bale when Bale was in his pump. And Pereira was sort of drifting out of the team by this stage. And he came on, I couldn't remember who he came on for as a substitute. And basically, put, he kept Bale out of the game. Hardly any pace, but obviously experienced enough to know how to do a job. And, yeah. Uh, so Pereira, got a time for Pereira, but Carvalho was a wonderful sign. Wonderful signing. There again, one sure. of those players who, you know, you could say, you, you, the ball's going past me, but the player's going past me. But they're not going past me together. You know, and that was the sort of defensive attitude they had. And him, him and Terry melded together. Absolutely. I think Paolo Ferreira as well was your most expensive signing that season as well. It, was, it, cost, yeah. it cost more than double what Carvalho was. It I think Carvalho, Carvalho was like six million, I think. Paolo was like nearly 20. Here, yeah. Uh, Ferreira was 13.2 uh, million. Carvalho. No, Carvalho was, uh, was 20 million. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I, could, I, I wrote 
it's one of my earlier books. Uh, so ah, fair enough. Earlier, so I hope that's right. I'm, I'll, I'll put it in print, so I hope it's right. <laughs> uh, oh, I have to trust you on that one. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I haven't written any books yet. <laughs> so when I, when I write my books, so it'll be all wrong. No one, no one will check it. There we go. <laughs> I don't think anybody's checked mine. I'm sure uh, <laughs> happy days indeed. So um, Chelsea went from Ken Bates finishing what seemed like sixth all the time, heavily reliant on Jimmy Ford and Hasselbank, um, to, in my, from my opinion, I don't know what it means to you, Harry, when Mourinho came in, it changed the Premier League, yeah. and I think it is the reason, part of the reason why we do this podcast, because it turned the Premier League into this, I suppose this kind of what the Sky Sports phenomenon became, yeah. um, where they built up the you know the match day weekends, and it became glamorous to some extent as well. Um, what are your thoughts on Mourinho, Harry, and just yeah. Chelsea in general? Yeah, you're not wrong. Mourinho sort of like come in as this rock star essentially right and uh you know it, it piqued everyone's attention and yeah i think it definitely added to the, the that peak noughties period that we love so much and uh I, for one thing i i really remember from this sort of moment is that uh, living in portsmouth we're an hour and a half away from london all of a sudden all these people start wearing their chelsea shirts and at the time obviously we've just got into the premier league as well so you're looking around like hang on you're going to be Pompey fans, but, you know, it's just, a lot of people will tell you you never see other shirts for Portsmouth. You don't a lot, but all, ever since then, there's always been loads of Chelsea uh, fans down there. I don't know if it's just sort of being that little bit closer to London than maybe Manchester or whatever. But, um, yeah, like, it definitely piqued the interest of so many people. And I think Mourinho is just, well, whatever, whatever you think about him now, he, he definitely just brought, it was just like, whole new perspective onto football and how to deal with the media and he revolutionised that side of football for sure. Absolutely well said and obviously me living in Devon as well, my Chelsea, my, my brother became a Chelsea fan quite quickly, he doesn't even like football um, so it definitely changed our household into a, more of a sibling rivalry as well. <laughs> um, I think he, he kind of tried to copy Zola whenever he played as well so uh, yeah, it was good, uh, good fun to watch. Um well, you know, one thing we've kind of skipped over is the changing of the badge. I used to really like the Chelsea yeah. badge with the CFC and the Lion. Um, Gary, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Roman did, did a couple of things. I mean, Roman did several, several wonderful things. But he did two things that were sort of really worked down well with Chelsea fans. First, he brought the, the badge back because basically it changed the badge. Uh, I don't know, like 10 years before, which was okay. But, you know, stop, stop trying to change the identity of the club. Um, and the, the, to me, I've got a, well, I believe a Chelsea badge on here, which is always the, the, the Chelsea badge to me is always the same. And he also uh, brought Peter Osgood back into the fold at Chelsea. Now, um, Osgood's my all-time football player at Chelsea. For sure. And uh, Bates fell out with the thing. Uh, he was working as uh, one of the sort of ambassadors, you know, glad-handing uh, club, which, you know, fans would be delighted to be greeted by Osgood. And he fell out with Bates and basically went to work at Southampton where he finished his career for a while. And when Roman came to Carver, he brought, he brought Ozzy back and I'm obviously fine with that as well. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of things that happened around that sort of period that are massively noticeable as the success in the field. But there was other things as well we mentioned about Cobham, um, which is perhaps he's less, he's less well publicised and, and things like the badge and, you know, and, and bringing back the old players and Ronnie Harris, Chopper Harris as well. 
Um, and those things were important to, to people around the club. Sure. Interesting about, about Mourinho, just touch on Mourinho. Um, people say he was the first rock star manager. But I, I mean, I, I had this sort of a, a chat with the Redbacks in the past, and I, I mean, I almost sort of link into, I mean, probably too early for you guys, the, Bill Shankly. Yeah. Um, Shankly was knew how to manage the, the press. He got he got the, the killer phrase, the sound bite. Uh, you know, we all know about you know football's far more important than life. All this sort of thing. You know, he's one of these. Remember, um, so he had that sort of um, not the same charisma as Shankly, but not not totally different. And um, you know, Chelsea. Abramovich Abramovich came with you know with with, with the brass. Um, people say, oh, it ruined football. Well. You know, your club, Man United, was successful because they were rich. Football clubs are successful because they've got lots of money. That's nothing new. I remember in the 50s, like 40s, 50s, Sunderland were called the Bank of England Club. Yeah. yeah. The Arsenal team of the 30s under Herbert Chapman, they were the rich, they were a rich club. Um, there's a reason why Real Madrid and Barcelona dominate in Spain. There's a reason why Bayern nearly dominating uh, in Germany. There's a reason why PSG dominating France now. It's not because of the youth system. It's because they've got better richest clubs. Yeah. That has yeah. always been the case. The Premier League in, in a, uh, when the Premier League came in was 93. 93 yeah. Premier League. Yeah. 1993. Basically enhanced the situation that had always existed. Um, so teams, the, the top teams, the richer teams, therefore the top teams, received more publicity, more coverage, and that situation just kept going and going. And and I remember my daughter was a man, was and still is a Manchester United fan. My daughter was born in the Good yeah, she, she could she never knew anything other than Manchester United winning things. Ferguson and you know so all that era and I remember saying, you know, nothing's forever. But I remember the conversation, she said, you know, well, we're the richest club. What's going to change? Well, there's a guy with a bigger stick turned up in the playground. And that happens in football. Nothing is forever. The wheel always turns. You know, the, the guys from uh, up in uh, up City now, they dwarf the money that um, uh, Abramovich got. And then we've got the Saudi Arabians taking over Newcastle. Yeah. Nothing's forever. And if the money will go away from Chelsea. The money will go away from Man City. The money will go away from PSG. It will go away from Newcastle. I don't know when, but as sure as Apple's examples, that will happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I could talk about how uh, Russian billionaires turn up to your club and then money disappears after a while. Yeah. All day long. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it happens. Like, we only won the FA Cup because we had money, right? So like, yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just the way it is. Every now and then you get, you know, you get that wonderful story of like a yeah, Leicester, Leicester or Greece in the Euros or whatever. Yeah. But it's, it, that's rare. Like most of the time, the winning team is the one who's paying the most to the yeah. players. That's yeah. The way it is. A, quite often you see these um, uh, charts produced uh, where it compares league finishing position with uh, buyers playing budget or wages, salary budget. There's very different very little difference in positions between who pays the most and who's the most successful. Very little Absolutely. Well, well summed up and um, got to thank you, Gary, for just your expert knowledge and uh, talking us through. Oh, no, tr- trust me, compared to some guests who've had, no offence, previous guests listening, but, uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, supreme knowledge of uh, the transition 
transition even of uh, of Chelsea in the noughties. Um, yeah, thank you so much for talking us through that. But let's find out a bit more about yourself. Um, as established in the intro, you're a you know you're an author, well established. By the sounds of it, have uh, written some great books. You kindly sent over me and Harry some PDFs uh, a couple of weeks ago, which we've kind of uh, done our best to read as much as possible. Um, can you talk us talk us and talk us through the listeners um, about the uh, books I mentioned in the sure. intro? Yeah, well, I, basically, um, I, I, I came to writing quite late in life, so I was in my fifties. Well, I sort of it was my first book, which was sort of a semi-autobiographical one, and then um, our second book was a history of England. The World Cup, which is called uh, Cheers, Tears and Jeers, which is about three years ago. Um, since then, the, the two the two books you mentioned are my, my sort of first forays into fiction. The first one came out last year. It's called um, The Games People Play. And then the sequel was, was just been released a few weeks ago. Uh, in between that, I've, um, I've had a book published about the Dutch teams of the 1970s, which is called Beautiful Bridesmaids Dressed in Orange, uh, which is my shirt I've got on tonight. With the two stripes, very Cruyff rather than three, yes. in 1974. And uh, I've got another ch- uh, book coming out in May next year, which is um, uh, focused on the, uh, the 2012 Champions League that Chelsea won, called Out of the Blue. And I'm currently working now on a book about the Ajax teams for the 71, 72, 73 uh, European Cup triumphs, which is called the Dutch Masters, how Ajax is total football conquered Europe. So, yeah, I mean, aside from that, I write a weekly column in a Spanish newspaper over here about La Liga and various, various magazines right for these football times. So I, I keep myself busy out of mischief. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's imp- impressive stuff. Very, very, very impressive stuff. Um, those two books in, in particular, the games people play, you decided to go into fiction. What was the kind of inspiration behind that? You said kind of semi-autobiographical work. Um, no, not at all. Um, I mean, in fairness, I, I mean, when I was a teenager, I dabbled in in sort of writing stories. Then very sort of amateurish, and um, once I've written a, few, a couple of books and got, uh, you know, I've written the Guardian as well. Become fairly established. You want to test yourself on something else, so I, you know, I wanted to give fiction a go just just to see if I could do it, basically. And um, it's really, I, I wrote. The first, uh, the games people play at the same time uh, that sort of overlapped with the, the beautiful bridesmaids book by about six months. So the end of one was, and people say, well, how do you, how do you, can you write that sort of thing? Well, they're totally different in as much writing a fiction book and a historical book is really different. And it's, I said, you know, I say it's like you can you can sort of listen to the radio and cook at the same time. But you can't cook, you can't cook two different, can't cook and clean the house at the same time. They, they have to be different things. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to see if I could do it. And, you know, fortunately, it came out okay. And I was putting the publisher after the first one went out and they said, you can do a sequel. And once that sort of seeds in your head, then you almost can't not do it. So, yeah, um, the sequel came out. The, um, the whole new ball game came out a few weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm done with fiction for a bit now. <laughs> Fair enough. But it's, 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 I don't, I'm not sure I can't speak for Harry, but it's definitely something I want to delve into in the in football world. So we spoke about it in the last podcast. We spoke about doing a, a book solely dedicated to, to uh, third choice goalkeepers and their interesting <laughs> lives. Um, I thought it'd be quite a nice little niche, little little, little uh, stocking filler. Um, yeah. Do you know the, 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 I mean, anybody on the spot, several people said this sort of thing. I just, I just say to them, you know, do it, and you know, um, the the worst, the worst thing is the blank piece of paper. But the first word down. Once the first word's down, you're off and running, and you're committed. Then 
Um, so, so go ahead and do it, guy. I mean, just yeah, as my uh, as my as my former college professor once said, you can type bullshit quickly. Well done. Yeah, um, I mean, but, uh, never have any regrets. If you, if you do it, if you don't, <laughs> it don't work out. Don't work out. If you don't do it, you'll regret it. Yeah, absolutely. Good, uh, good, good words. Um, and where where can people find? The, I suppose your, your, is your Twitter the most useful place to send people? Well for me, yeah, it's uh, at all blue days, which is um, <laughs> it's. Uh, and this is Manchester United for, uh, as well. My, my Twitter handle, I was working at the place, the same guy who was a Manchester United fan. We were doing a fantasy football league and uh, we were setting the leagues up, their teams up. And uh, he was saying, I'm calling mine the, the red years, the all red years, or something like I can't remember. And uh, so a brand was just taken out. I said, Well, I'll call mine the all blue days. And actually, it spelt it wrong. It spelt it with a Z. So my, my Twitter handle is at all underscore blue underscore days, D A Z E. Um, but it's stuck and I use it for emails. That's just like that as well. But uh, yeah, so yeah, all my books are all on Amazon. Um, if you type in my name, Gary Thacker, that's G-A-R-Y-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. All my books are there. There's, there's five on there too to come. Um, so yeah, you can find them there and uh, follow me on Twitter. I almost always follow people back. Happy days. Happy days. Well, <laughs> good, to, good to hear. And uh, yeah, very impressive collection of work. Uh, Certainly, certainly, semi-inspired me to get researching and writing a book as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Gary. Um, but it's time now to move on to our quizzes. Um, first up is deal or no deal. Um, this is the uh, transfer quiz in which we get five players from the team you support, which is Chelsea. And you've basically got to say deal or no deal. Did these transfers actually happen? Oh, um, I think you've mentioned a couple of them already. So I know you've def- you're definitely going to get two. Um, but can you remember the other ones? Are you ready, Gary? Yeah. No pressure. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Did he move from Atletico Madrid to Chelsea for £15 million? Pounds? I'm not sure about the money, but I think we bought him from Leeds. That's wrong, isn't it? False. I'm sorry. It's wrong. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. Sorry. Yeah, okay. He went to Athletic for you, a year. Go to Athletic, you know, go to Athletic first, he did, yeah. yeah. There we are. Okay. Not a good start. Not a good start, but it's okay. Can, I, can I bring the banker? It's <laughs> 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 the first, first time someone's asked to uh, call the banker and they will normally call me something else. <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> Number two, uh, Hernan Crespo. Did he move from Palmer to Chelsea for 16.8 million? Yeah. Deal no. or no deal? Yes, a deal. Yes, deal. No deal. He moved from Inter Milan. Did he? He'll never play for Palmer. Oh, Inter Milan. Okay. You're right. He did, he did. I think he did play for Palmer at some point. Yeah, he was there. He was there with Battist Studio, wasn't he? So it was before that. Remember. Okay. Um, not a, good, not a good stop, but don't worry. You just said a bit more knowledge. I've just exposed the reality now. I've cursed you. I've cursed you. Um, number three, Damien Duff. Did he move from Blackburn Rovers for 17 million? Deal or no deal? Oh, I'm not sure about the money, but yes, deal. Did he come from Blackburn Rovers? He did, correct. Got one on the board. Can you see it with these two? Ian Robin, did he move from PSV Eindhoven for 12.1 million? Yes. Deal or no deal? He did yes. deal. There we are. Two, two out of three. The last one. 
which I think you should get right, because check did he move from Wren <laughs> to £7 million? Pounds he most assuredly did from Wren. There we go. Uh, I can't really pull up the first two. Gary, you idiot. <laughs> uh, three out of five. It's not. It's by no means, it's not bad. Or, not at all. It's, it's, it's above average. There we go. Uh, check £7 million. What a bargain, eh? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, more for that than um, for a pitch, Michael. No, I don't think we did. No, I know we we only paid um, two million for Van der Sar from Fulham, yeah. which paid dividends, right. obviously. Yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so that's the end of deal and no deal. Um, three out of five, not a bad score by that's any stretch of imagination, but that doesn't really matter because yeah. it's time to play. What's in your panini? This is the one that does matter because we rank it on the leaderboard and we put it all over the social media, and the winner gets a trophy. So this is uh, this. <laughs> my, my internet might cut off in a moment. <laughs> it's all good. It's um, a game so of luck, don't worry. This, it's, a, it's a game of chance, really. You can't do anything about this. So for those of you that are new, um, this is a game where we've got some vintage Panini stickers uh, from the 07-08 season. We opened the pack blind. It'll be the first time they've been opened ever. And we rank these players as slash kits slash badges from the noughties and put them on our leaderboard. Um, I was recently knocked off the top. I'm still not over it, but it was fair. It was fair. Um, so Gary has the chance to maybe become maybe become king of the jungle, uh, or will he uh, be there with Sam, our uh, stand-up comedian and Reading fan friend, who uh, is very very hopelessly bottom at the moment. I I can't see anyone getting a worse pack than that. Um, too sure. Okay, no worries. Uh, so. <laughs> Gary, I need you to pick a number between one, two, three, four, five. Between one and six. Three. Three. One, two. Three. I would drop it on the floor. There we go. Oh, you're picking up number four now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 it's definitely, <laughs> back on you. It's definitely number three. So there we go. I'm going to do the authentic rip in the microphone. There we go. It's box fresh. Smells like Windows XP. There we go. Right. We're going to put them face down so I can't see them. Are we ready? Gary Facker, you're about to go on the Panini leaderboards. And your first player is... What on earth? Okay. Your first sticker is a shiny, which is good. We give both, we've give extra points for shinies and we give extra oh, points for if you were to get any Chelsea players because you're a Chelsea fan. Okay. It's a shiny Wigan Athletic. Oh, okay. 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 There we go. That's a very good start. Okay. If it was a shiny Chelsea badge, that would be, I think you'd top the table. <laughs> there we go. But that's quite a, quite a good start. It's the old Wigan yeah. badge as well. It's not the one with the tree. It's the old um, like emblem of the city. Which is good. So, a very good start. You're not going to be bottom. I can guarantee you that. Your next player. <laughs> it's almost as if we're taking the piss out of our Reading fan, Sam, because your next player is Reading winger, wing back, Andre BK. Okay. Often called Bikey. Bikey. Absolutely. Every time, <laughs> every time, uh, yeah, Sam's getting absolutely uh, mugged <laughs> off here. Absolutely mugged off. Uh, your next player is Sunderland goalkeeper Craig Gordon. Okay. 
Right. There we are. Most expensive signing, wasn't it, at the time? I think it was Sunderland's most expensive signing at the time. Yeah, he was going to go to Aston Villa and Sunderland had beat him for us. That's right, yeah. Came from Celtic, I think. Yeah. Yes. Next player is Craig Gardner for Aston Villa. Okay. This is a bit of an average pack. The shinies yeah. throw me off slightly. It's yeah, it's okay. No well be, is it? It's a Ranieri. Uh, sort of, it's a, it's a Ranieri, is it? So to start, decent start, but falls away afterwards. It's not absolutely, really. yeah. <laughs> uh, your next player is David Jones from Derby. Oh, it's not good. Uh, the shinies doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Okay. And your final sticker is a double. It is Olaf Melberg for Aston Villa. Yeah. And I think it's Chris Davis, the uh, Fulham midfielder. There we go. And that's, okay. uh, that's your final pack. I mean, if we're being honest, it's, it's not, not the most amazing a bunch of players we've had. However, however, um, you've got a shiny Wigan athletic badge. So you've got shiny Wigan, you've got Reading uh, player Andre BK, Craig Gordon in goal, Craig Gardner um, for Aston Villa, uh, Derby County, County's David Jones and uh, Chris Davis and Olof Melberg. It's not a good back, but the shiny is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, Harry, what are your thoughts? We need to, we need to give you a score out of 10 now. All right, should we look at this leaderboard and work out where we put that? <laughs> oh, okay. I was hoping he was going to get like Alexi Smirton or someone turn up. So give Alexi Smirton. So I'd be like, oh, Chelsea player and probably player, double points. Yeah, right. double points, yeah. Yeah, wasn't, yeah. Wasn't, okay. wasn't to be. Wasn't to be. All right, let's look. Where is this leaderboard? Right, so right, let's have a look. Indeed. So Sam's at the bottom with 4.7. His best player was Aaron Lennon. Um, so you're doing better than him because he's got a shiny. You've then got Jed. Jed on 5.5. His best player was Gerald Sid. Um, which, exactly, exactly. It wasn't his. Wait, well, Austin, the average best player is Gerald Sid, and he's got 5.5. 5. I think yeah. he had but we just. Yeah. We, found, <laughs> we all just found Gerald Sid too funny. We found him quite funny because um, we didn't know who he was. We looked him up on Google, and it turns out like the. Um, the uh, Bolton fans had like, tried to ostracise him or something. Uh, yeah. Um, I've never heard of Gerald Sid. No, he's Spanish. You should know him. No, um, never heard of him. Google him later on. It's quite funny. Um, and then you've got, you've got Steve, the Liverpool fan. He got 5.9. Uh, Jimmy Bullard uh, was amongst his best players. He had a Liverpool player as well. And then you've got Kyle on 8.2. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I think, I think Mark Wigan Shardy hasn't got a beat, beat a lot here, has that really? <laughs> not really, not really. <laughs> so I, I think... Um... Harry, what are you saying? So if we look, we've put... Uh... I've, got an awful, I've got a few premiership players there. <laughs> we've put... He says. Shiny yeah. and badges. Quite, you know, we've done, they've, they've done quite well, so... The Newcastle shiny, among with other things, got Josh eight point nine. United shiny, amongst other things, got Alice eight point seven. Portsmouth shiny got Kyle eight point two. So it's got to be up around there, isn't it? Because I don't think so. I mean, the, yeah. the, the thing is, and the, if, and talking kit in the lead are only there because they have two shinies. So that's, that, no, that is that is true. I was very surprised to put out a Wigan yeah, shiny. I mean, so. Did we can end up runners up in the FA Cup final once? 
I think this is a this is when they were managed by Steve Bruce and yeah, Emil Heskey up top and um, yes. Jason yeah. Kumas and players yeah. like that. Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, they had a very good Leighton Baines. They had a very, they had a very good side this season. Well, so we've got a bit of a gap between 5.9 and 8.2. So what if we yeah, I think it fits in there somewhere. Gap. But the, the rest of the team, I'm afraid to say, Gary, isn't very good. Um, <laughs> it's got Craig Gordon. He's, yeah, he's uh, that's, with, that, with, that, with that Sunderland side that got like 15 points. Yeah. Craig, um, Craig Gordon, Premiership player. Mel Melbourne Premiership player. Who's the guy? The guy who was Melbourne was with. I mean, they got, yeah. got a bonus two players from there. I mean, <laughs> I think compared to some, some spirit coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards seven dead on, straight down the middle, which would put you mid table. Yeah, let's do that. Very Ranieri. Very Ranieri. Yeah, we'll put one bit sick actually. Is what I <laughs> <laughs> So, what we uh, happy with seven? Sorry, seven. Sorry. Yeah, seven. Which would put you seventh. There we go. Seventh is that. That's that's saying Thomas classic Ranieri. That puts you sixth, doesn't it? Uh, maybe that'd be classic Ranieri as well. Sixth. There we go. Anyway, seven point zero. The Wigan shiny doing a lot of the heavy lifting there, but it's once again time to say goodbye. Uh, very much a massive thank you to Gary. Uh, go and check him out on Twitter at uh, all underscore blue underscore days, D-A-Z-E, and uh, check out his uh, collection of books he's written as well. It's uh, very impressive stuff. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Gary, and uh, hopefully speak again soon at some point in the future. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. You know, thanks for inviting me on, and uh, you know, great to chat, and next time I'll, I'll pick number four rather than number three. <laughs> <laughs> Should it, yeah, yeah, fair, fair play. Um, so until next time, I hope you've had the uh, time for your life on Team of Your Lives. Sayonara. Team. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.